Hello everyone and welcome back to Recommended where you find your weekend watch. My name is Brett and every week I get to have a great conversation with my good buddy Drew all about movies that we're watching. Typically I recommend him a phenomenal movie, sometimes not so much. Um, it's a pretty consistent thing that he doesn't recommend me the best movies, uh, but I try my best to suffer through them. And if you come along for the ride with us, you'll get to suffer too. So welcome. Great intro. <laughs> come, come suffer with us and watch these horrible movies, guys. What's funny is me and Drew kind of talked about this a uh, um, few weeks back. Like, I make jokes about that, but really, I'd say like most of the movies you recommend are pretty good. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. Now there are some that. I just do not like, but for the most part, I thought they weren't bad. Now, now, if she's listening, I don't think she listens to it, so I can say it. Your wife's maybe suggesting so. Mm-mm. Terrible. Terrible. It's basically like terrible. Restricted to nineties Disney, and not even good nineties Disney. Yeah. I'm I'm still a little disappointed. Um, she didn't give me something better than Flubber. I mean, to be fair, like, I feel like we were um, rose-tinted glasses with Flubber. I remember loving that movie as a kid. I just, I couldn't remember how dumb it was as an adult. And, and that's the difficult yeah, thing is that. sometimes you'll watch a movie as a kid and, like, it's great. Because it's made yeah. for kids. <clears throat> And yeah, it's never going to yeah. age as well because it's not made for a thirty-year-old. Um, but like, I loved Old Yeller <laughs> as a kid. I don't know why. Like, it's obviously a movie that's like, yeah, kid gets a dog, kid falls in love with dog, and then kid has to put down said dog. Um, don't know why I love that movie so much, but I legitimately loved it as a kid. Dude, um, so, so <laughs> probably not a great movie. I haven't seen that as an adult. No, Old Yeller's but, great. Um, when I was a kid, <clears throat> no, not when I was. Well, I watched that when I was a kid, but um, this past week I saw. I guess it was a TikTok. I saw it on Reddit or whatever. But um, <laughs> it was this youth pastor that he was preaching, and the sermon slide was an Among Us slide. And he was like, the Holy Spirit Crit. is among us. <laughs> and that was like the whole thing. And it was so cringe. And uh, I sent that to a few of my students. And I was like, what if I did this? And they were like, oh my gosh, please no. A few of them were like, please do it for the memes. But most of them were like, please never do that again. And, and the only response I could think to come back to them with was... What are you going to do, old yeller me behind the church? <laughs> uh, they probably don't even know what that is. Oh, they do. So the good thing is a lot of them, oh, are, a lot of them are country kids, and so they watched old yeller as a kid. You know, like, uh, that's classic, okay, that like, sense. I'm a country boy, like me some old yeller about hunting and my hunting dogs. Yeah. 
<laughs> old yeller you behind the church. That's hilarious. Sorry, Brett, through tears. We're going to have to put you down, old boy. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. The Holy Spirit is among you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even finish it. <laughs> well, oh, God. I almost made a really awful transition. <laughs> I'm oh, so boy. sorry. I need to repent. I think, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, let's let's keep on going before we get canceled. Because <laughs> I think so I think society. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, uh, I'm just gonna mute myself. It was great doing this podcast. It was great doing this podcast with you, <laughs> I'm just gonna mute myself. Drew, to go off the air. <laughs> Drew, tell to me about Nippo Society, please. Gladly. Well, it starred Robin Williams. So, what do you think, Brett? What do you think of the movie? That was sadly uh, gonna be my transition. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm a right, terrible let's, let's person this, let's steer this ship into the sea okay uh, let's see here <clears throat> okay thanks captain uh, you're welcome uh carpe diem uh this movie takes place in like what was it like the late 50s i think yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a throwback movie uh the movie's from like what 1989 yeah so, um, it takes place in, I think, 59. And basically, you have this uh, Welton Academy, which is this all-male, exclusive, elite prep school. Um, it's like one of the top schools in the country, essentially. And uh, <clears throat> everyone there is basically going to be like a doctor or a lawyer or some other, insert Ivy League degree. <clears throat> Sorry. And, um, so you have this cast of characters, these friends, uh, Neil Perry, Todd Anderson, Knox, Richard, Steve, uh, Gerald and Charlie, and they, um, they attend class, they attend their classes, and, um, they go to their English class, and it's being taught by John Keaton. Or Keating, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who is played by Robin Williams. <sighs> and basically, he is... I guess you could say like a little eccentric. And he teaches in a unique style. Very much like an off-the-wall style from what they're used to at their really strict, uptight prep school. Um, and he basically teaches them the Latin expression, carpe diem, which means seize the day. And, I mean, he'll he'll have them, like, stand on his desk to, you know, get a different view of life or, you know, rip out sections of their poetry books. Um, they'll, like, you know, go outside and walk funny and stuff like that. And so the kids end up, I think, you know, basically they're like, at first they're like, okay, who's this weirdo? But, you know, they, they begin to to love his classes and um, he teaches them to fall in love with poetry and they form this dead poet society 
which already existed in the past, but they, they brought it back. And apparently, uh, the teacher, uh, Robin Williams' character, he was he was a part of the old Dead Poets Society because he also went to to uh, to Welton as well. He was an alumnus of Welton. Mm-hmm. And you have this kid, uh, you have this kid named Neil that really wants to be an actor, but his overbearing father wants him to be a doctor and go to a medical school at Harvard and all this stuff. And um, he wants to be an actor and he tries out for the school play. He gets the part. He's a fantastic actor. And his father comes to the play and instead of like congratulating him on his talent, he tells him, I'm withdrawing you from school and sending you to military school. And Neil... Unfortunately, um, you know, for some, whatever reason, you know, he couldn't stand up to his father. He felt the only way out was to commit suicide. And when he committed suicide, the um, the family presses the principal, who about the headmaster is like this really strict guy, and he's already owned a Robin Williams because like. He, he doesn't like his teaching style. Like he wants to be rigid and strict, just like all the other teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, but the headmaster, basically, with pressure from the family, pressures the kids to blame Neil's suicide on his teaching. And they ultimately succumb to that pressure. And uh, Robin Williams' character is fired. But as he's leaving... To get his stuff, um, the the headmaster, who was an English teacher before he became headmaster, takes over the class. And when he leaves, Todd, who's like the, the main character, um, he finally finds the courage to just stand up. And he, he, he tell you know, he basically just lets it all out that, hey, we're sorry, we were, we, we were pressured in, into signing that paper. And uh, Robin Williams' character uh, accepts accepts it and assures him that he believes him. And they finally have the most infamous scene, probably probably one of the one of the most famous scenes in music, uh, <laughs> music, music. movie history with the uh, "Oh Captain, My Captain" scene. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really it's a it's a oops sorry it's a stark. Um, it's it's a stark contrast to like because the the last thirty minutes of the film, especially with the suicide and all this stuff, it's just like so. The movie really is down. I mean, you have your hero being fired for something that wasn't his fault at all. You have kids being pre- under immense pressure and succumbing to that. You, you're like, oh my gosh, this movie is just like it's on a down note. But then. Like the Captain My Captain scene, just it, it's the surge of hope, like this uplifting at the end, um, and yeah, I mean it's it's a great film. Um, yeah, it really shows his uh, his influence on them. Even though they were pressured to sign the paper and stuff, like they knew mm-hmm. how much he'd impacted their lives. Yeah, and um, the, the thing. Hmm? Oh, go. I was going to say, I think that's the goal of every teacher. Like, I remember being in yeah. school, and there were some teachers I had that I was like, meh, towards them, you know? Uh, but there were other teachers that yeah. were like, you could tell. 
Like, they cared about us. They loved their subject. They wanted you to love that subject, but they also loved you. And so they would go out of their way to help you. Um, they weren't trying to teach you just some basic rules, of whatever the subject was. They were trying to teach you about life, you know? And I think we all have yeah. one of one or two of those teachers that really impacted us in that way. Um, but I think every teacher, um, even if we don't necessarily connect with them, for the most part, I, I don't think every teacher does, but I say the mo- the vast majority of teachers who go into teaching um, do it because they want to have an impact like Robin Williams had on those boys. Like they want to transform lives. Yeah. And I'll and I'll say this: if some of our listeners of the podcast, most most of most of the listeners we know because we're friends with all of our listeners, or um, you know, and I don't know, that's random like, people you know, in Israel. Shout out. I was about to say most most of our listeners. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a, a listener um, in Afghanistan, and we're gonna be a hit with the Taliban. You know. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways. <laughs> uh, most of most of uh, our listeners know that I'm a teacher, and I've been teaching. This is my seventh year to teach now. So I'm, you know, I guess you, I can call myself a veteran teacher. They say normally after five years is when you're a veteran teacher. Um, <clears throat> I'll say this. I feel like so. This movie is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say two things. One, this is a great movie. Two. I feel like every person who watches this movie and wants to be a teacher, they want to be just like Robin Williams' character. They want they go into teaching, and they find that this movie is not an accurate representation at all of what school is like and what teaching is like. <laughs> so, You're right about that. It's a beautiful movie, but it is it's just not an accurate depiction of what school is like at all and i know like obviously it's an elite super elite high school prep school i get it like i teach at a at a county school in a rural school district like like i know it's it's comparing literally like apples to kiwis um but i still feel for the most part you know um I feel like it's a great movie for a teacher to watch, but it's something that, at the end of the day, I think the best lesson you can take from it is to just love and believe in your students and try to make an impact on their lives, but know that this movie has almost nothing in common with real life teaching. And, and uh, are you telling me you're not gonna aren't like that at all? <laughs> you tell me you're not gonna do that with your kids? No, I'm not gonna have them stand on my desk. <laughs> For sure. First off, my desk is super cluttered. They would knock stacks of papers right over. Um, <clears throat> okay, I might get get but, down yeah. from there, Jimmy. What you doing? For real? Who you think you uh, is? You can just you can just stand on a desk like that. I'm a, come over here. Get but, you a detention. Uh, but it's it's a beautiful movie. And it's it's a great movie. I liked it a lot. Um I'll say but yeah, it's not quite an accurate portrayal of the education system. 
So, um, one of the things that I always that I thought was cool about the movie that I learned was that in the movie, like you know, most movies they film by like they do a scene and it's so out of order. It's just whatever they can like work best to film most efficiently, you know. Um, yeah. But for this movie, the director uh, Peter Weir or Wire, however it's pronounced. He didn't. He wanted to really reflect the boys' uh, growing relationship and friendship, and so he filmed it in order, uh, so that like yes. you actually were watching them also grow closer to each other because they were spending more time together. He even made them live in the same like apartment or like dorm room area or whatever, just so they would uh, draw, grow, grow closer to each other as friends. And um, I feel like it. It could show in um, their reactions, especially at the end of the movie. I agree. So, um, so, uh, yeah, what would you rank this film? Before I rank it, I have one more scene I want to say. The scene where they're walking in the courtyard area, and they're all walking in line or whatever, and he's like, walk to your own beat or whatever. And what I'm yes. like, I'm choosing not to walk, sir. Or like expressing myself by uh-huh. choosing not to walk. I'm sitting here like, dude, he told you to walk differently, not to not walk, Dumbo. Yeah. Mm. But I guess. Well, I mean. I mean, it went with the movie theme. I mean, that's still. his expression, I guess. Yeah. I guess. But rating wise. Mm. Mm, what would I read it? I think that the only fair rating I could give this movie is a 7.5. Now, hear me out. Is it a phenomenal movie? Absolutely. Great movie. You should watch it if you haven't. But do I want to watch it all the time? No. No. And the reason for that is, like you said, that ending just gets really depressing. It's kind of... Okay, these are totally different movies, so I, and I understand that. But like, I've never seen Passion of the Christ. Like, I've read the story. I know how it ends. Yeah. But like, it's not that I don't have friends who own the DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. But like, what Friday night are you chilling there? And you're like, let's watch Passion of the Christ. You know, like, no one does. <laughs> Because yeah. like it gets, I want to see my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ suffer. Exactly. It's <laughs> so like, yeah. When I think Dead Poets Society, I know that ending is pretty depressing until the end, and I'm just like, I don't think I want that on a Friday night. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you bring up a really good point, and so you you rated it a seven point five, and then you had to defend it. I too was going to give it a seven point five. Um, and it's basically for the same reason, but I feel like whenever we do our next season of this podcast, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to try to redo my rating scale because, okay, so Dead Poet Society for me is one of those movies that I think it's brilliant. I think it's fantastic and I would probably give it a nine or a 10 but I don't want to watch it twice. Like, it's a movie that I want to watch once, enjoy it, and then move on. Yes. Um, and that's why... And I think... I, sorry. Uh, 
I think I'm going to, next season, I'm really going to try to change the way I rate movies. I still want to give, I guess, what what is, what's the word? Like, I still want to give, like, respect. I, I want to I give respect to those great, great movies. But some a movie can be great, but you don't necessarily want to watch it again. Like, to me, that's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. Like, in my mind, it's practically a 10. But I've seen it twice, and I really don't want to see it again. Yeah. Not, not that it's a bad movie. Like, it's it's almost, like, perfect. Uh, in fact, I really can't think of, like, a thing wrong with that movie. Um, the acting's phenomenal. It swept, like, every award at the Oscars that year. Like, it swept the major five. Um, it's a seriously good movie. But I probably... It'll probably be a really long time before I see it again. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things to where... I don't know. I was going to give this one a 7.5 as well, but I think I'm going to, next season, I'm going to rethink how I rate things. Yeah. Because this movie should be like a 9 or a 10. So I think that it all comes down to how much you value rewatchability. Yeah. Um, And so I value that highly in my movies. Now, if something's so phenomenal that I'm like, it's got to be a 10 even if I don't want to watch it again, I can, I will. Um, I mean, there's some of the movies that we've rated highly that I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to watch that all the time, but it was really good. Um, yeah. But I just think that depressing moment at the end kind of makes me be like, mm. not that it's not a great movie. Don't get me wrong. It is. But, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think the movie deserves like a nine or a 10, but I'm kind of with you. Like, I just, I don't want to watch it again. Well, you know? The fans think it deserves an 8.1. And the critics think it deserves a 79. So neither was really that far off from us. So, yeah. Maybe our opinions are right sometimes. Maybe. Just maybe. But with all that said, um, if you would like to watch Dead Poets Society, you can find that on Hulu. Um, or was it? No, it was Disney Plus, right? Yes, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. I saw, I saw an ad for it coming to Hulu too, so I don't know. It might be there. Uh, but you can find that on Disney well, maybe Plus. In the future, check it out on Hulu. Yeah, there you go. Which I think doesn't Disney own Hulu? I'm not as positive they do. I'm not sure. Because really you can know. buy in a bundle with Disney Plus, I think. Yeah, Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN, you can get together. So yeah, yeah, I think you're right. That's probably why doesn't ABC is it ABC or NBC that does Brooklyn Nine Nine? Uh, I feel I like it's say NBC. NBC, but I haven't. Seen it, it's NBC. They um, well, their shows are on Hulu too, but they're also on Peacock. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but. If you want to check that out, find that on Disney Plus. We we both recommend it at least for one watch. If you haven't seen it before, maybe you haven't seen it in a while, and you're like, "Ooh, I just need me some good Robin Williams. Go for it. It's a lot better than his flubber." Just throwing that out there. Yeah, but definitely, Drew. What did you recommend me this week? So I recommended you the Highwaymen. Um, it's a Netflix film. Has two phenomenal actors in it, um, Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson, and I mean you can tell us about it, but basically they're they're 
they play the real life Texas Rangers who took down Bonnie and Clyde. Yes, they but, do. Uh, but yeah, uh, tell us about it, Brett. So basically, you have Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson playing these detectives, um, Frank Hammer and Manny Galt, and they are a couple of old school detectives who um, are really like they're trying to find Bonnie and Clyde, obviously, um, while also kind of like pulled out of retirement. Yeah, they get pulled out of retirement, like. The new young police officers are using this newfangled thing called radio to find out information, and they're like, mm, "We got a map, you know? <laughs> like we just talk to people." Uh, so they go and they search all across the uh, state of Texas and into Oklahoma and Louisiana, searching for Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, they they'll meet uh, people. It's it's really like there's two parts to this movie. The first part is their interactions with other people as they um, investigate the, their crimes. They find out like who's who's on their side and who's on Bonnie and Clyde's side because a lot of people are friends with them yeah. and have no like they support what they're doing and stuff. And so they were basically like Robin Hood. Exactly. So trying to figure out like who they can trust, um, and then like they get to interview uh, Clyde's dad. Um, and just hear from his perspective, like about his son and what happened to him and everything to lead to this moment. Uh, and so you get to see from that side and that angle, like really cool perspectives on who these people are, why they're doing what they're doing, uh, the type of people they're running with. And you also, um, it's really it's a really important perspective because you don't see Bonnie and Clyde except for three times in the movie. Uh, one is from a distance. The second one, they're like in a car, and you get catch small glimpses of them as they're trying to get out and go somewhere and like leave. And then the last one is at the end whenever they catch them and spoiler alert, they kill them. Um, and, and you just have this really strange situation where you're like I don't like I don't know the bad guys like I know the bad guys but I don't know them and so the director writer whoever it was said hey instead of just like flashing over to them and having them have conversations and be like yeah when I was a kid da 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 you know like and like getting backstory and reasoning from them instead you get to hear it from the fa- the father the friend uh, the guy who works with them, mm-hmm. um, etc. And, and 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 you not only hear like, man, this is why they went bad, but you also get perspectives of like, man, like these they've done good too. Like they did this. And one of the guys like, dude, bought me a house. Like, like they they weren't just doing terrible all terrible things all the time. Uh, now they were doing some terrible things. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, but they were murdering people. But they were murdering people, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then on the flip side, you also get to see uh, their per, like their conversations with each other and how their relationship after retirement and now into post-retirement, back on the force type thing, like how they interact with each other, um, the struggles they've had, 
with uh, in the past and how they uh, move forward as people who admit admittedly may have made mistakes um and just them wanting to um partially atone for those mistakes but also like what else is it? like you get to see their perspectives on why like how they view justice and so like woody harrelson's character manny gall was very like you know it's hard for me to kill a man because um, apparently he was in a situation at one point where he was going to shoot at somebody who was a bad person and he shot like crazy because the guy tried to pull something on him and he hit a passing kid and killed the kid uh and so that like that weighs on him and haunts him like and so he's very like you can tell throughout the movie he hadn't shot in years like he's terrible aim <laughs> because he just hadn't shot then you have kevin costner is like I mean, you just gotta get over it. Like, we're just trying to like th- their death is because the, it's their own fault, and people just don't need to get in the way of us serving justice. Um, so, as someone who loves history, um, I really enjoy history and all that all that it offers us. Uh, I think that the stories of history are often better than the stories we can write because. Historical stories are so crazy that people, like, if you wrote it in a book, like, as a fiction novel, people would be like, this isn't realistic. But, like, history's like, no, it's, it's true. It happened. Because history can just be that dumb and silly sometimes. Like, people's reasoning, what people do, how it all plays out. And so getting to see, and I know this was, like, it's not, like, word for word what happened or whatever. It's, like, based on a true story, which normally based on a true story is, like, loosely based on a true story, you know? Um, but getting to see two of the famous uh, policemen, Texas Rangers, who brought Bonnie and Clyde to justice and just see their story um, and their travels across the Southwest Corridor, I guess, in Louisiana, um, is good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, and I, I'll be honest, I didn't know what to expect going in. Um, Netflix films are typically hit or miss. So I just, I wasn't sure. Uh, But I really did uh, enjoy this one, Drew. I did too. It was really good. That's it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) Hold on one second. (laughs) Oh my goodness. <laughs> you good, uh, Brett? <laughs> Brett, what? Um, you uh, that whole time you were talking, yeah. Kayla busted up in here, and I had to mute the mic, and she's been talking to me this whole time. Have special guests. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening. No, it was to about seventy percent of. <laughs> Hey everybody! Cut me out. It don't matter. Nope, you're in it. Um, Drew, tell me what did you think about right. the Highwaymen? I genuinely love the movie. Like you, I didn't kind of know what to expect going in to watching it, but 
I really liked it. And then it helps the fact that, I mean, like, two of my favorite actors are in the movie, too. Like, I love Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson, especially Woody Harrelson. He's fantastic. And they work really well together. Oh, yeah, I, they did. And, and Woody Harrelson is, and maybe it's just because of the movies we've been watching. Um, but, man, I just, every time I see him in a movie, I'm like, man, you're good at this. <laughs> yeah, he's super good. Oh, yeah. Um, now, what, was there any faults that you saw with this movie that you were like, mm, that's going to be, that's going to be a knock? Um, not that I can think of. I saw the movie last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really liked it. I, I originally thought that it kind of has a longer run time. It's like two hours and... 20 something minutes I think yeah and I, looking at it I was like oh this might be a little off putting but I, I mean I really liked the movie I thought the story was fleshed out great um, it is obviously most movies that are based on true events there there is some leeway and some you know fictionalization but it is a um, it's a pretty accurate movie to the yeah, I say one of the knots I had was that there was like how do I put it? There were just some moments that were a bit overextended that didn't have to go as long as mm-hmm. they did. Um, and then at the end, and this isn't really like. I know when you have a historical thing that you don't tell the full story, you just get a piece of it, and there's a lot of left open, like open-ended questions left over. That the simple thing to do is like put up the little like da da da. This is what happened to him, you know. Um, and so at the end of the movie, they give like updates on like what happened to all these people, uh, and, yeah. and they actually use real historical pictures and footage and stuff. Um, yes. And while while interesting, uh, the movie portrayed what would happen very differently than the reality of what happened. So, like, mm. for instance, one of the guys who was working with Bonnie and Clyde, who pretty much set them up for their capture, because he was like, I ain't going to jail for the rest of my life. Or even worse, I'm not going to be killed yeah. alongside them, right? Um, they made it sound mm-hmm. like dude's gonna pretty much get a clean slate for helping do this and mm-hmm. man dude went straight to prison for the rest of his life pretty much like it was over for him um so yeah. uh, with that said when they were showing all the old pictures and stuff there was a um a lot of they did really well in the accuracy portion what was interesting to me was I didn't realize how popular at the time Bonnie and Clyde were and like I get oh, yeah. like oh they're bank robbers who haven't been caught they're doing stuff like that like so I kind of get like oh man for instance if there was a bank robber today who was like doing it was like did not try to hide who he was like he may have had a persona or whatever, but like he didn't do it from behind a computer. Like he went in there and was always able to escape with the money. Uh, yeah, that dude would find a following. 
no doubt about that. Like there would be fans. Um, but I guess the fact that Bonnie and Clyde were murdering people along the way, I thought mm, people aren't going to be as big of fans. Nah, they were fans. <laughs> they had a lot of fans. <clears throat> they were like, oh yeah, like twenty thousand yeah. attended uh, Bonnie's funeral and fifteen thousand attended Clyde's. It's like. If I was a cop, I would have been like, absolutely not. Like, we are not glorifying this crap. Yeah. Yeah, they were, um, I mean, they were kind of like the modern day Robin Hood, except they murdered people. Mm-hmm. Um, which, to be fair, they mostly murdered, like, cops. Yeah. I don't think they really, they, were- they didn't really kill, like, a lot of other people. No, they don't. Um, they don't just randomly murdering people, but still, yeah, that may be right. But, I, uh, they did have a goof yeah, in the movie um, that um, mm-hmm. so like they they had they used the word FBI in the movie, uh, but the movie took place yeah. in thirty four, and the FBI wasn't until thirty five. Before then, it was just the Bureau of Investigation. Ooh. Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> The, the details, little things, we'll catch them. We'll catch them. Well, we have people who will catch them for us. <laughs> Got to catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do for sure. So, Drew, your thoughts? Well, uh, what would you rank this movie? So, I think I gave this movie a solid eight point oh. I thought it was pretty good, and I think it is is actually rewatchable too. Like mm-hmm. I, I like this movie. I could definitely watch it again. Yeah, I was. I'm right there with you, man. I'm. We're matching two for two tonight. Um, and I'll give it an eight as well. I thought it was a great movie. I would watch it again. Um, they both did a great job portraying their characters, and the story was fun to follow. I never felt like I was bored. Um, the. Um, Fans would be a little less gracious than us. They gave it a 6.9. Nice. Um, Nice. (laughs) And then the critics, of course, or the critics, they gave it a 58. Which is, that Mm. one's strange to me. I I thought they would, um, I thought they'd be higher. Me too. You know, honestly, and this, this may or may not be true. This is just my opinion. I feel like when critics and fans see that it's a Netflix movie, I feel like they judge it harsher. Mm-hmm. Because Netflix has released a lot of trash. Um, not all their content is great. Some of it is, but not all of it is. And I feel like maybe, maybe, these critics maybe have just seen, oh, it's a Netflix movie, and kind of prejudged it a little bit. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, I would believe that. Well, yeah. Drew, we reached that point in the night again that we recommend movies to each other. And Drew, at, with only two weeks left in our season, I have a movie that I think you're going to enjoy. Okay. And I'm going to tell you right now, it has a character in it, or an actor in it, that I'm going to tell you before I tell you what the movie is. And I want to hear your initial thoughts when I say his name. Adam Sandler. Alrighty. 
uh, there's some good and bad in that. Yes, exactly. And and I think you'd agree, most of his good is pretty much click and before. Like, everything after, like, 06, yeah. 07, click is, like, downhill. And basically, and he's even, like, admitted it. This isn't just, like, me being snarky and saying it. I mean, a lot of his movies post-click, he basically filmed them in, like, tropical locations. or They're basically, like, vacations for him and his friends. Yeah. Essentially. Exactly. Uh, like, he filmed a movie in Hawaii with Jennifer Aniston. And uh, it was just like, ugh, this movie sucks. And it's like, oh, I know why they did this movie. Because they just all wanted to go to Hawaii for six weeks. <laughs> you know? Um <laughs> Well, speaking yeah. of a oh, filming a movie, movie with Jennifer Aniston, you oh, are boy. going to be watching Murder Mystery. It's a Netflix Murder movie. Mystery. Oh, with Adam it, Sandler. So it's one of Adam Sandler's. Netflix. Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. Uh, so okay, yeah. I'll say this: the. Just from a quick Google to make sure I remembered. And yeah, I was right. It was on Netflix. 83% liked the movie. of, uh, And that's of Google users. That's not the fan score on IMDb that or anything. You, that tells you nothing. <laughs> it tells me that it's not as... And, and me and Kayla watched this movie. And we agreed. It's not as bad as some of his others. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, that, uh, that that's, is a pretty low bar. Yeah, so that's why I'm really recommending it to you. I want to hear, like, do you think it's a step up from what he has been doing recently? Now, this came out in 2019. Yeah. I think it's his most recent movie. I think. I could be wrong. But So, Murder Mystery right. on Netflix. Awesome. I'll check it out. <sighs> so, I have a movie for you. That I legitimately hope you will like, but I'm not holding my breath that you'll like it either. It is a French horror comedy called Deer Skin. Deer All Skin? Word, D yeah, Deer Skin. Like, like a deer, like the animal. Oh my deer skin. Um, basically, it's about this guy who comes obsessed with this. Uh, jacket this it's made from deer skin leather and um he starts taking other people's jackets and when they don't let him take his jacket he kills them um <laughs> uh, so yeah it is an interesting film um it is hilarious and i don't know if it's horror might be too strong of a word like it's not scary but there is like some bloody kills in there um but you can find it on HBO Max, and uh, yeah, I watched this movie with you. Is like I love it. I would definitely watch it again. And it's short too. It's like ninety minutes. Well, like I might make you watch it with me again. Yeah. So the Hawaii. I just googled it. The Hawaiian Jennifer Aniston movie is different than this one. So it's not that one. Yeah. So. No. Yeah, that came out like years ago. Yes, yeah, from twenty eleven. Um, That's just oh, go with it. My movie, Deerskin, is 77 minutes. So yeah, it's an hour and 17 minutes. That's it's not bad. Short. Well, we'll see that if I can handle it. Yeah. 
we will see. All right, so if you want to watch Deer Skin with us, where can I find that one more time? HBO Max. HBO Max. You can find it there. Um, and if you want to watch Murder Mystery, you can find that on Netflix. It is actually... Um, it's not his most recent movie. Um, he had Uncut Gems afterwards. That's, the movie. That's Clue, right? Yeah, it's like Clue. Wait. Yeah. Oh, I have seen that movie. I have seen it. Okay. It's on Netflix. It's good. Yes, Kayla and I watched it like last year. Cool. Um, I almost forgot it. So I'll say this. One, uh, he's had a few movies since then. Um, uh-huh. Uncut Gems, I, I heard, is phenomenal. I've heard it's good. I haven't seen it either. I've heard it's really good, but it's also like freaking adrenaline rush. Yeah. Like, it's nonstop. The pacing is like super fast. Yeah, I've heard it's not comedy. Yeah. Uh, and then the la- the most recent release from him was Hubie Halloween, which I heard a lot of like kids liked it. I heard it went bad. Yeah. I watched it. I didn't think it was bad. Um, I mean, it's not like a great movie, but I think it's like middle of the road, Sandler. Yeah, I think I try, almost recommended it to you last year. I didn't watch it, but I was going to just to recommend it, and I was like, meh. But, all right, if you want to check those out, HBO Max if, um, and Netflix. Um, but we hope that you have a great weekend. Two more weeks left of this season of Recommended. We can't wait for you to join us to check out whatever movies come next. Uh, But until then, y'all have a great weekend, and we'll see you there. We'll see you there. Where are we going? I'm an idiot sometimes.